When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Churros y Tacticas podcast. This is your host, Kian Sabani. It is Monday something, August 30th. I don't know, something like that. Um, and just a nice normal intro without many R's from either of us. Getting used to that, your weak ass intros. It's a, it's kind of mediocrity right now because I'm not, I'm not sure. Like I definitely went over the top on the Friday show with my intro, <laughs> and I really actually felt like you should do the intro today, but you wanted me to do it, and I, you know, I think Friday is going to be the one where one of us really rolls it because by then we'll know for sure whether this Mbappe cat is actually coming or not. Right yeah. now, at at this point, it's like a roller coaster, Diego, where it's like. Um, it's on and it's happening. Negotiations are underway. Real Madrid are optimistic. Then there were reports saying that, you know what, Real Madrid is going to walk away. And some reports conflicted. Now, with them. Yeah. But then Pedro, uh, it came out a few minutes ago and said, oh. um, yeah, that he, he confirmed that Real Madrid are walking away. That's what he said. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and then that, now they're maybe saying tomorrow. Well, come, let's, hey, let's go get some sleep. Let's come back with some fresh coffee tomorrow and see if we can be civil about this. I don't know. That seems reasonable. I don't know what's going to happen. So, um, yeah, just uh, an unexpected Monday, I guess, because Friday and, I, it was like I, 100%. It was, and it was great. And and you know what? All the while, all that time I'm thinking, don't dare say, what if this doesn't happen? Because you're going to jinx it, and it like it'll be at the end of the show, the announcement will be made, and this whole podcast will be uh, useless, And which has been the occasion in the past where we've been made fun of because immediately, like instantly as we post this podcast, it becomes irrelevant because the news breaks. So I, I kept that, what if it doesn't happen phrase to myself, um, and look what's happening. Look what's uh, where we are today. The 30th of August uh, with just, uh, uh, I mean, what is it? Um, two days left, I think, of the transfer market. I think it closes Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Wednesday or Tuesday midnight. I can't remember. Or Tuesday what? midnight, right, exactly. Um, but here we are. But listen, we'll get into that because obviously the transfer market reaching its end means frenetic sales, transfers all over the place. Uh, and in the case of some clubs, much needed ones. But uh, what an entertaining weekend we had as well, of course, in La Liga. We're now upon the first international break, two-week break. Um, and I have a question for you, which maybe you'll be able to help me out with, but I'm not sure. Um, having said that, three games played, 
uh, I don't know, you know, all the big guys uh, that you'd expect have seven points out of nine. Nobody able to take the full nine, nine out of nine points uh, so far. But uh, this last match day, I'm, I, got, I was able to reconnect with football, uh, having come back from the uh, the old holidays, the last holidays of the summer. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to know your thoughts on, on Madrid. I think we have a, a very juicy Atleti Villarreal that we need to get through as well, which sure. maybe was the game of the weekend with permission of uh who was it osasuna against um ah, i'm blanking Cadiz, gracias mm -hmm. uh that, that awesome comeback and um barca getting as well they're depressing three points <laughs> so yeah man where do you want to start um should we i guess yeah i like i like the fact that we're starting with football when we could easily not start with football because my favorite thing is to actually talk about the football itself and yeah. with everything else um, we, we can maybe talk about towards the end. But well, I felt like last time, you know, we didn't have a t any time to to talk about the, um, the the Champions League group breakdown and all that. We just spoke about the transfer, this potential transfer that might not happen now. So I thought, why don't we kick off with some footy? Because um, yeah, there were there was there were good games. I thought the Atletico Villarreal game was fascinating and, and an apt yeah. to start there for a variety of reasons. One, because I actually really like Atletico's performance. And Atletico, mm. this is kind of reminiscent of what Atletico have been doing for a few years now, where at the beginning of the season, they play very attack-minded football. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Um, and then they disappoint. The first half, they were really fun to watch. And, you know, we've yeah. been thankful for Atletico being a little bit more fun to watch every year um, mm -hmm. just to make it more fun to everyone uh you know those watching their fans the opposing fans it's just a little bit better for everyone when they're playing attacking football and um that first half was especially i i really like what i saw from them yeah. um now like, what did I, you like i i just like that you know they're they're they have a lot of numbers in the final third they're not afraid to push numbers up as they used to be they're their pressing is a little bit better. They're they like anytime you look at them and they're kind of the lines are trying to break. Everyone from Suarez and Correa to the the wing backs, which are basically like forwards, like really attacking wingers like Trippier and Lamar. Lamar was awesome. Lamar. Um, I, they just have a lot of good movement, and Marcos Llorente is like the king of that too. Mm. Um, now I guess it's interesting also because when you look at their goals conceded well two of them one of but so there was the trigueros one which was an incredible goal um, but also it's weird because I, I i feel like savage and hermoso had poor games hmm. and they as much as they you know they drew this they got lucky with the draw they also kind of shot themselves in the foot and they let Villarreal score from two key two moments where they didn't really do that much outside of those moments. And it came down to like Savage missing a tackle and Hermoso having a pretty poor game. This is a weird stat. Jan Oblak didn't have a single save in this game. One, because um, he just didn't have anything to deal with in the first half because Villarreal just didn't test him. And then two, because the, obviously the one that went to Trigueros, he just couldn't stop it. Like it, it just kind of went through his hand there. Um, yeah. Well, that was unstoppable. You could argue, I guess, that um, uh, what was this the name? The, the Danjuma um, yeah. scored the second goal. That maybe yeah. he could have done better on that one. But yeah, I mean, so Atletico. Um, I mean, the way it ended was crazy. <laughs> I like. Who do you? 
Yeah. Where do you place the blame? Do you place that on Ruli or Mandi both? Like, um, I don't know that, or if it's more having to do with just you know, suerte. They talk about suerte del campeón very often here, right? Luck of the uh, the the champion. It's one of those classic miscommunications that we've seen. Not it's not the first time that we see this, right? So uh, you blame it on bad miscommunication, perhaps a, a, a misreading as well of, uh, uh, you know, Asenjo in, you know, what you could wonder why, where is he going? Why is he not standing in between the sticks? Right. That's what uh, I'm asking. Yeah. Cause I think the back pass is a valid one and it's not a violent header of any of the sorts. Right. But, uh, yeah, Asenjo is very, very far away from his mark. So I, I get being pushed on this one, obviously now. Uh, going over it, analyzing it, Asenko. Yeah, I, I just want to add, like, I, I didn't like. Oh, Rui, I, excuse me. I'm, I keep saying Asenko is yeah, actually yeah, Rui. Yeah. I, uh, I watch Ruli's movement off, like, in the build up to that play over and over and over again. And my conclusion is as much as Mandy needs to know, be aware of his surroundings, hmm. that, um, I don't understand why Ruli came out of his net and went to that left yeah, side. I don't exactly like I really right. just don't understand what he was doing there because there were two. Because you see, Mandy doesn't. Sorry, go on. Well, there were two Villarreal players on that side, and it was covered. He didn't need to even need to come out of his net. Like for what reason? Why would he even do that? So I I pin it mostly on Ruli, but I I think it just seemed to me like the way like I don't know the reaction, and I don't know if this is accurate or not. I just felt like maybe. Mandy's the one who takes the fall. He's the villain in all this, but it's. Uh... I mean, he's got he's got Correa chasing him down, um, you know. So he's he's either forced to either header that very far uh, in, into, let's say, the midfield, um, where also because uh, I'm looking at a freeze image now where the ball is actually right behind Carrasco. So. Uh, for him to make that back pass is not absurd. It's nothing strange. Um, but yeah, Rui running over to the left hand side and then then just being off his mark is 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 not as bueno. Yeah. Um, you asked the question though at the beginning of the podcast hmm. of of the top three. Who do you think looks the most impressive so far? Mm, you've got to say. Well, I'll probably go with Atleti. Okay. Uh, why did you say was it the word depressed you use it in the intro about Barca's performance? Is that what you said? Are depressing? Yes, a depressing three points. Why can you elaborate? It's just the sense that you get, man. It's like, um, I feel that right now, I mean, I expressed it on the last podcast too, that the mood is pretty somber, pretty depressing. You know, the post-Messi era has uh, begun and it's upon us. And I think it's really dawning to us um, the mammoth task we have ahead and perhaps not necessarily, I'm going to be careful here. Let's just say that I think, you know that the, I'm I'm not. Um, this is not personal opinion, but the general sense of Kules is they have little confidence in that Ronald Kuman will be the coach that will allow this Barca to stick to its roots and therefore 
allow ways to younger players uh, to really kind of get used to playing at this honest, um, in the Spanish top flight and lead this team to at least to reconnect with his roots and and you know when memphis got the two and you know there's certain bright spot memphis obviously is one the young continues to be a bright spot and the debuts official debuts in, in the come now at least of uh, gabby and, and nico gonzalez were or nico i think he actually debuted already was just gabby uh are marvelous you know it's great news however they entered because of the injuries um yeah and the Griezmann um Mingueza substitution was not necessarily met with great applause or joy mm -hmm. uh seeing as it was a clear intent for Kuman to protect the result when you know the the classic sort of Graf slash Barca way, and I, I, I specify the slash because not everybody necessarily is in in that camp, but you know, continuing to play daring and offensive football forms is part of the package of, of many of Barca fans, their philosophy and their 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 views on how this team should play. And the tactics don't necessarily, tactics don't necessarily always invite you to be that optimistic when it comes to, you know, seeing the likes of the youth uh, getting important minutes in this team. And, and uh, another, you know, sour note in that sense was Sergio Roberto, despite him scoring a second goal in three games in La Liga, playing in the midfield. Um, many see him as a valid option potentially on, on the flanks. And, and, you know, the fact that Emerson looks like he's packing his bag to go over to Tottenham um, uh, has some people thinking that that might be a good option for Kuman to... You know, because all this talk of Bayerin coming in, in instead, and, and, and from what I'm gathering, a lot of people are saying that they wouldn't mind Sergio Roberto playing in that 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 uh, fullback position, but at least in the at least in the midfield, right? Yeah, and it, it makes perfect sense. But at least in that midfield, allow you know the the younger talents, the Gavis, the the, the Nikos, the Ricky Puch again, of course, allow them to have minutes instead, uh, instead of having the the older guard occupy a, a territory of minutes in in, in that area. Yeah, and you're, I mean, that is really interesting too, like what your right side in general, because right now, I mean, there are a couple of positives for me with Barca, um, in addition with the youngsters, which you're very high on, right? Yeah. And you mentioned just a few of them too, but just like even looking at the people who start right now, there are two players that are really exciting for me if I'm a mm. Barca fan. One of them is Memphis, who, um, you know, we've talked about him already. It's like three games in and he's been like talk of the town, rightfully so. Yeah. Like he's been your best player, I think. Yeah. And with the young, I would say. I I with with the young, and that's the other person I was gonna say. So the young in midfield, just his ability to progress the ball. And I, I feel like he's gotten even smarter like since last season. I feel like he's he's just kind of like it's starting to click. He's gonna get better and better. And he's he's already like your most important midfielder at this point. Yeah. And between him and Memphis on that left side, everything looks pretty good. Yeah. And then you look over on the right side. I'm just not like, obviously yeah. you don't have Messi. And Griezmann is playing so deep at this point. And I just wonder like how much of that dynamic changes if once Ansu comes back and Dembele comes back, where you can actually put wingers who are going to take players on at a high clip on that right side. Um, to balance it out from Memphis and give him some help in the attack. 
I wonder how much this will change. Um, and also, well, you're going to see. Yeah. Mm. No, you, I was going to say you're going to see, I think, Ansu and Memphis switch on the left and for the number nine role. You see what I mean? Whereas the right, I mean, from what we gather from the press conference and listening to Kuman talk, I mean, Antoine Griezmann has got that right position on lock, that, that, you know, the right wing on lock. And it's hard to see, you know, Dembele potentially maybe move in there. I don't know. Collado certainly won't. Um, so, yeah, I think right now we, it's, it, it's, it's very clear that the Barca front three will be Ansu, Memphis and, and Antoine. That I think would be, I mean, look, and I don't, I don't want to just kind of be careful saying this because I think, I don't know, actually, Braith, does Braithwaite have fans? Does he have like absolutely following? Okay. Danish no, no, you, you will not find anybody who will say a bad word about Braithwaite. No, no, I know Braith that, but does he like have the cult following on Twitter that will come after you if you, if you tell, say he should be. Oh, I don't know. But his, his nickname around town here in Barcelona is Braithwaite Nathario. That's what <laughs> I love it. Okay. So that being said, Braithwaite has had a really good start to the season, but what you just mentioned, Ansu Griezmann, Memphis is a lot scarier to face. Um, and I'll be interested to see how Kuman juggles that. But I also did want to ask you about, mm. um, cause you, you brought up Sergio Roberto and, and his, he's got injured, right? He, um, yes. I don't, what was it? The extent of injury was it serious or no? Don't know yet. It hasn't actually come out yet. Okay. Um, so Ricky Pooch, I, do we know something like in, do you know something internally that you can say is like why Ricky Pooch, Kuman talked about him again. He yeah. said, and you know, Kuman, he's very candid. So he said, the quote is, um, Ricky Pooch, the club, as well as everyone else knows my opinion about players who will not get a place in the starting lineup. What did he do wrong? I'm still trying to figure that out. I don't. Yeah. Do we I, I, it, um, no, other than, you know, what we reported here on the pod last season, which were all speculations, which was all here, you know, he say, hearsay, she say, I always screw that saying up, but I don't know why I even bother. Uh, <laughs> the hearsay, she say, I don't know. Uh, you know, the I, one is, I'm like the last person you like, the hearsay. Know, like any right. analogy, any saying. One of one of I our loyal listeners. Wrong with that stuff. I just made that, it up. With some one of our loyal listeners on Twitter will will be like, "It what you're trying to say is this," and I always appreciate you guys correcting me. He say but, she say. I think it is. Is it he say he say she say? Right. Yeah. I thought that's also like here's so I say. All right. But is that one um, he leaked some information out of the dressing room? With regards to, uh, uh, I think it was the starting lineup, but this, you're talking like early, you know, last season, uh, even when I think it was preseason that this happened. Um, then there's the potential rumors that the dressing room, maybe Wades don't like him, but then you see him doing Twitch videos at Pique's house. So you're like, you're wondering who are these dressing room, you know, Baca Sagradas as they're referred to here, the, the, the old guard. Because Piquet seems to be totally cool. Busquets seems to be cool. Um, then you hear that, um, yeah, he's, 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 he's snobbish. He's snobby. Um, his attitude. But the guy, whenever we see him come out on the field, works harder than anybody else. Always brings that chispa, that extra spark that the team is missing at the moment. So really nobody gets it. 
Um, and it's 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 a question mark, man. It's and it's it's unfortunate too because we're all like I don't know any pooch haters that are like content with this decision with Kuman's decision to leave him on the bench. And uh, in fact, so much so that there are the reports that came out that Laporta, one of the conditions that Laporta put for his uh, the, the continuity of, of Kuman was that he would allow players like Puj, uh more, you know, to give continuity to them and, and allow them to uh, have more significant minutes, you know. But 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 you know, even Gabi and Nico are, are ahead of the pecking order at this point. Well, it's, which I'm not saying is unjust. It's just, it's just, it's, you know, what what is his problem with Puch? As you, you know, as you, the the question you posed. Yeah, well, I mean, it's interesting too. But like, I mean, he, Pedri's on vacation, right? And um, he thought that this. I, I, I don't. I'm not saying Ricky Puch would have started, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's well. At least, I mean, like Nico came off the bench in this one. Uh, yeah, Nico and Gabi both Gabi did. came off the bench. Yeah, so I mean, it's an interesting one, and also like this ties into the Emerson discussion because Emerson, from what I understand, did not want to leave, and Barca didn't want to sell him. But the money is good, and they need money. Could they have us? Why not? Like, look at the Ricky Pooch. If if <laughs> if you're not going to play him, maybe like it's kind of like that. Maybe coach versus player battle in that. Pooch maybe is hoping to outlast Kuman, and once Kuman goes, then Pooch maybe will will get playing time again. I don't know, but uh, I do feel like players like him that are young at that age, they do need to play. Like you know, at, yeah. at, at some point where you just have to look at your career before it flashes by and be like, okay, maybe I should go somewhere and play. And uh, even if it's just going out on loan or something, like I know you guys don't really send players on loan the way Real Madrid does, but I feel like that would be an option as well. So I don't. Uh, I don't really see the point of keeping him, and if, especially if he's behind the pecking order when Pedri goes on vacation behind Nico and Gavi, then what is he really doing in the squad? What is he doing? He's just wasting his time. That's how the kid has to feel at this point, too, because it's uh, it's got to be frustrating. Um, and you know, truth be told, you don't really see neither after these kind of statements that Kuman came out with uh, a solution in the short term for at least uh, Ricky Puch. Uh, within the Barca first team, you know, other than sitting on the bench, and which I doubt he's willing to do, even though he's done that uh, for what seems like an eternity at this point. Um, I, uh, I've i been thinking also about your question since you posed at the beginning of the podcast, who are the big three are, are looking the best. I don't disagree with your take on Atletico. I just want to say that... Valencia look pretty fucking good. Yeah, well, we just kind of know that they're going to go away at some point. <laughs> they're never real. Um, I don't know. They they are cooking something up, I feel like. Uh, with them. Yes, know. but but they have some big news dropping soon, too. I might be a little bit old on this one, but Bordalas seem to have been uh, on the verge of, of announcing. No, excuse me, Bordalas, no. What's his name? Um, that famous Italian, I think he's Italian journalist, Fabrizio. I mean, we're talking millions. I was so confused when you said Bordalas. I was like, what did I miss? What, what happened to Bordalas? No, Bordalas, obviously not. Um, but he announced something. This journalist, famous journalist with millions of followers, whose name I'm blanking on, announced something on the Valencia's Twitter, official Twitter page, saying that there was some big announcement going to happen, occur within the next few days. Okay. 
You you didn't see this one? No, this I video? haven't. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Okay. No. Um. What well, I mean, what could it possibly be that would like Valencia big a big signing for Valencia would be what? Uh, Mbappe. No, uh, can you imagine? Uh, yeah. So I was gonna say. I don't know. I don't know. My, some some reject from the Premier League. I can. I don't know. My uh, my kind of feeling from these first three games is that I'm not, I'm not sure if any three teams, any of these three teams, look that great to me right now. Okay. So that's it. I feel like Real Madrid have progressed offensively, um, but they still have a lot of things to to work on. Um, and you know, like at the beginning of the season, you're always like, there's a certain maybe hype and it just kind of like eventually just fizzles out. I feel like, you know, the first game was pretty hype. Second game, we scored three goals. And the third game was kind of like, it was, it was still more fun than what we saw last season. But, you know, it's kind of, you eventually lose that kind of momentum and I think things will kind of normalize and stuff. So I'm, that's, I'm kind of, I'm not blown away by any of these three teams yet. It's my, is my take, by the way, I want to ask you, were you offended that Sandra Ramirez celebrated against you guys? Or do you not care? Mm-hmm. About? Was that his talking point? I don't know if I, no. I haven't looked at any discourse. Did anyone well, about that? Uh, on Twitter, I have no clue. And amongst uh, myself and friends, no, it was just in the moment, in the heat of the moment. You're like, fuck you, you know. Um, but, you know, the guy's got to do what a guy. I mean, the guy's. Scored a great goal. It was a beautiful play between him and Alenia. He finished it off nicely. What's he going to do? Wanted to give a little dedicatory, like a little dedication to his pregnant wife or his babies. I don't know. But uh, nah, no, no, no beef. Okay. Um, and I guess enough time has passed too, and he's really not a relevant player at this stage of his career. Um, no, if only he could have done that while he was at Malaga. What was it? The last three, match day. three seasons ago, like his last match day against Real Madrid, and he would have been uh, truly beloved and hailed. There definitely was a, a period, like a couple years ago, maybe more, maybe it was three years ago, where there was definitely some hype around him mm-hmm. uh, that I never really bought because I was never that impressed with him, and that, that quickly fizzled out. Yeah. Um, where do you what what do you want to talk about now? I mean, look, I, I don't want to, well, even though predominantly we talk about the big two, uh, I don't know if you want to talk about Elish. Uh, Definitely. Looks like that is, you know, on the verge of, of, of being confirmed by clubs or the clubs at least reaching an agreement, uh, along with what I just mentioned before, Emerson potentially leaving for Tottenham in the case of Elish, Looks like Leipzig and Barca have reached an agreement of 16 million plus three in variables uh, for a player who was determined to not accept the offer that was proposed. Um, this is something I haven't mentioned on the podcast, but... The, mainly because I didn't know, but the word around the campfire was that the offer that Barca were uh, presenting to him was that of four million. Um, so again, whether that was true or not, I don't know. But uh, apparently, four million for an eighteen-year-old Elish and company was not enough. And what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do in a case like that? 
you know, I think it's good for a club to set the standard, not just, you know, with, with, with when it comes to principles and, and, and how they conduct uh, their business with clubs and, and, and players in this case, um, but also to stick to their salary class or categories, let's say, right? And uh, I mean, imagine if, Elish would have ended up with a six million euro contract uh, at the age of 18. I mean, you know, how does that come across to other players, uh, more veteran players, and 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 what standard do you set? I mean, we, we've seen what happens when you set that kind of a standard, and Bartomeu and company were responsible for handing out ridiculous contracts. It's a new day. It's a new dawn in Can Barça, where we're not going to hand out ridiculous contracts just because. Um, and if you're not okay with that, then you're in, it's in your good right to leave or in Barca's case to leave him on the bench. And I think, you know, for both club and player, this is the best possible scenario, seeing as, like I said, the player was determined to leave, to go to Leipzig. He was unwilling, again, these are reports, uh, to negotiate with Tottenham. Why they say because Leipzig has uh, an agreement in place with his agents and father um they were gonna get a little bit more juicy a little bit bigger slice of the pie i guess so that's it um going over to uh, uh, um, a team over in germany that uh from what i've gathered they're not having the best start of the season just lost uh, an important man of course for them in the middle in the midfield uh to Bayern munich as well so it's a position that he is coming to fill so you could expect him to get plenty full minutes over in leipzig uh, but where you know, it's a uh, um, yeah, it's a head scratcher, man. You know, it's uh, why Leipzig, right? It's it, why not a top club? Some whether it's in Germany or or, or in the Premier League, because he certainly has the potential to uh, play at that level. Uh, and why the the, renu the renunciation as well of playing for the Spanish national side and and playing for guy? Look again, he's in his good right, and we haven't heard anything from Eli, so. I don't want to put any words in his mouth or speak for the guy, but they're ha they are head scratchers and, and they leave you a little bit stunned, baffled because you wonder, look, is this really the best path for your career? And every day you open a newspaper, some more information comes to light. And again, these are, of course, this is information that comes out in the newspaper so it's not like i know at hand that this is a fact but a lot of weird things are being pub um, publicized or put out there when it comes to the entourage or yeah the, the people that are managing elish moriba's career which is really quite saddening for a player that has so much talent and, and potential to uh you know basically step away from an opportunity to play for such you know on, on the biggest stage for club and country uh after having been the being given a confidence by head coach your head coach as well is uh is is mind-boggling and i would love to know from him personally what he thinks and his reasoning well i i think the reasoning is baffling for sure and i don't if I had to guess, just based on what we've read and what we've known so far and what you've been saying. I say Ghana, I, I meant Guinea. Sorry, it's in Germany. Sorry. sorry. Um, I just don't think, like, he's good. He's not going to come out and say, like, it, it's, there, there probably isn't a great reason apart from what we've seen, which is basically he wants more money than he, he deserves. That's the honest truth. And, like, when we're talking about, like, uh, you know, 
should he have gone to a bigger team? And I've seen I've seen a lot of people say like, well, he likes Moriba was is if at this price it's very cheap and stuff. I think it's worth reminding everybody that he's played less than 15 games for Barcelona. He's right. as a professional footballer, purely speaking, he's played 14 games. That's it. You like that's all we know of him. That's it. Uh, and even with Barca B, he's played less than 20 games since 2019. And it's so it's not like he has this long track record. It's not even like, you know, we've seen players get sold for like six months of football. I'm talking about like Luka Jovic, Jao Felix, who like played six months of good football in the Europa League. Uh, Elex doesn't even have that. So, yes, in those 14 games, he looked good. I'm not denying that. But I'm like, I just I just can't believe the entitlement of after 14 games wanting a raise in this in this climate. And especially like we're talking about like, who would have won? Like Sergio Roberto started in midfield yesterday. Pedri's on vacation. This is, I think he's crazy. So whatever happens at Leipzig, it happens, I guess. Um, good luck. But just a really crazy situation, if you ask me. Hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. And um, you know, it, it does come at a time, of course, where they uh, or they uh, Barca are in, in in desperate need for money so you know alleviating the salary cap is at the top of the priority so uh 16 plus million is is nothing to uh dismiss at this point uh, for Barca and, and let alone uh, much less of course for a player that you mentioned has played so little uh it might be the most successful transfer of a Barca B player in that in that sense right uh if we can consider him a Barca B player uh which of course he isn't but um but then there's the news of Emerson which uh, you know this this is all speculation for the moment uh but it looks like he has also given his okay to negotiate uh, his transfer to uh to um Tottenham Spurs to Huspers and and that would bring in another mid 20 some outlets say 30 million um of which i believe 10 percent or 20 percent will go to betis but another uh, I, I i look i would say good business for barca seeing as i think the fullback position um in his spot is decently covered uh you still have other players that you can put in that position we talked about Sergio Roberto. Let's not go over that again. But him going back to a, a, a more that more defensive position and leaving the midfield for the youngers, and rotating between Dest, uh, Sergio Roberto, uh, Mingueza. Obviously, you've got Balde coming up, who's a vi- very exciting young prospect who just renewed his contract uh, and has already made some appearances appearances under Kuman. So. I, I, I would say okay. I would say okay for Emerson leaving for that kind of money, but then don't bring in a Bellerin, please. An, in, an injury-prone Hector Bellerin, por mucho que, like, for, despite the fact that he is, of course, an old Masia player, um, you know, let's not, let's not do that. Let's not go go there because nothing personally against Bellerin, but mainly what I know from him is how often he's been injured over these past few seasons and how little he's played. And we don't need that right now. Yeah, I, I I think that would be a silly move, and you're just better off allocating those minutes to Dest and Sergio Roberto. That's 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 for sure. And I'm I'm pretty certain about that. And even what I've seen from Bayerin, and any time he has been on the field, I've actually been able to watch him. And he's not he's there's nothing terribly impressive about him. He's not a good defender, and offensively, he just like you can't rely on his. A lot of his offense was just reliant on overloads and and running past people, which I don't really know what version of him exists right now physically. So 
uh, I'd stay away from that one for sure. Um, Diego, I want to talk about Mbappe, but not too much because yeah, yeah, I feel like it almost doesn't matter what we talk about because it could be outdated and yeah, it's almost like I'm at a stage now where like just being really honest with you, Thursday night I was at like this deal is 98% done. Friday I was still like at 95%. Saturday, Sunday this weekend it was at like 30%. This afternoon, it was back up to 60%. Now it's back down. Uh, and now all we know is that it's going to happen. If it's going to happen, it has to happen tomorrow. And until the very last second, maybe there's a chance. But, you know, until midnight tomorrow, uh, <laughs> this we could not, we, we might not have our answer until like the very last second. Because I, I just, I believe Real Madrid will keep trying and the PSG will keep probably saying no and maybe changing their mind. They keep right now or saying, Madrid offers 200 but neither, oh, but neither for 200 um, million is PSG willing to uh, accept the offer. So I That's just wanted, I, I wanted to indulge you on some PSG slander because I know you'll be up for it. Yes. Get it. Um, Get it. So they promised that they would not hold a player against his will, which is exactly what they're doing. Um, they got mad at Real Madrid for the, their quote-unquote behavior where and this is exactly how they tap up other players. Um, they've, they also said this thing that like Mbappe has promised not to leave for free, which we know means shit all because a verbal agreement means nothing. It's all about what's on paper and written down. Um, then they said, okay, we will part ways with them if you meet our asking price. Real Madrid hit the 200 and it's still no. And I think they're just basically at a stage now where, first of all, I think there's, I don't even think they're going to listen. The only reason they're listening, obviously, is like, because Mbappe is pushing like, hey, accept the offer, accept the offer, accept the offer from what we've we're gathering from reputable sources anyway. Um, and I think basically at this stage, they're just, they think, I would guess that they are assuming that from now until January 1st, like if the deal doesn't happen tomorrow, they're going to rely on from Wednesday, 12.01 a.m. until January 1st, 2022. They're going to be like, we have these days to convince him to stay. And we're going to do that by he's just going to love all the assists. Would you love to be Mbappe for that time? <laughs> he's just basically, that's what they're banking on. And, I'm sure Real Madrid, right when January 1st hits, they're going to be trying to try to sign him ASAP and, you know, get him tapped up in January 1st. It's, and I, I, I feel like if it doesn't happen tomorrow, then it's just going to be like, there's no guarantee. I'm not saying like I'm confident Mbappe won't resign with PSG, but I'm definitely saying that we can't assume it fully. And there's definitely room for, for things to change. And I have a little bit of anxiety about it. I actually think that there's definitely a chance that he, we won't sign it for free. Uh, and I, I, I'm definitely ready to sign it for free as well. And I think it's going to be pretty ugly between Real Madrid and PSG at that point, but that it'll only be PSG's fault and not Real Madrid's if that happens. So Friday, man, Friday is the big one. Friday is the big churros. It's, it's, it's very interesting and it's um, very strange as well, how this is all playing out. Um, where this club like PSG 
has over these uh, past, what has it been, five years, ever since the Neymar, you know, transfer really become this club that um ever since the you know their their battles with Barca, with Barca and I say battles but the only one that we really won was uh, the 6-1 uh because all the other battles uh, on and off the pitch they've I feel they've had the the upper hand and clearly in the in the transfer window they've they've had the better of, uh, of Barca um and to see them managing to you know go the distance with uh, Florentino Perez is uh is interesting because I don't think that maybe he is even used to uh, being in this situation. Although, you know, with Levy, we have seen it with Inter as well. Juventus, of course, when he snapped up uh, Ronaldo and Zizou, they were not necessarily one, two, three deals. Even uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, for that matter, uh, you know, um, Alex Ferguson was adamant that he would never deal with those quote-unquote as he referred to bunch of uh, mafiosos and he was trying his best to put uh, uh, to uh, uh, you know get Barca involved in a transfer and and, and to get him over to uh, to, Bar to Barca instead uh, all failed attempts of course and Florentino always got what he wanted and it all started with Figo but uh, it would be nice it would be a ch an interesting change of story I guess uh, if Florentino wouldn't uh, uh, end up uh, victorious in this one and I'm not even entirely sure if I'm like who I'm rooting for in this battle you know uh, my I think yeah. disdain and dismay for PSG is very well known however you know the the idea and the prospect of Mbappe going over to uh, Real Madrid as exciting as it would be and it would be for Spanish football for you know the weekly entertainment that we would get over here um, you know it would be painful for Kule to see that that to see that deal go through because you know knowing that what really allowed this to of course play out and happen is effectively our hero our superstar going over to the PSG camp otherwise you know i don't think this even would have been a conversation had messi not gone to PSG this right now what we're seeing would not be happening what do you mean like PSG wouldn't be even in talks, negotiations with Real Madrid. They would just be, look, you're staying here, and we're letting you go off, you know, for free if it, if we have to next season. But they wouldn't entertain this thought of of I think cashing in on him now. They they, they would not, you know, they, they, they would be the losers of the summer. If and and, and I don't think the that the shakes uh, are used to being losers. Let's say on the losing end their summer would be a failure after you know getting in everybody besides Messi so Vijnaldum um, they got Ashraf, Sergio Ramos. Ashraf Ramos correct they got a bunch and if you know that that would not like soften the blow of somebody like Mbappe leaving I just don't think you know the fact that they got Messi they're kind of like okay okay fine yeah and like I said Mbappe has never been really so warm and welcoming I think at least from what from our perspective from what we saw on Instagram uh when Messi came so I think you know well I actually think like getting Messi almost it's like even more of an obligation that you can't just get Messi and then not have them these three play together because that's yeah. what yeah. everyone was going crazy over right it's like Messi, right. Mbappe, Neymar um, yeah. and I have another point to make <laughs> I don't know if anyone's talked about this because I didn't actually watch the game myself so I don't shows you how much I actually care but Messi's debut for PSG mm. he comes on for Neymar yeah. which was a wasted opportunity because 
that may have been the only time we could have oh, seen Messi and Mbappe Neymar so together. Um, that is so true. But uh, again, I didn't even watch it, so it shows you how much I actually care. Did you watch? I watched those last. I did, man. I lost. I, I watched the the last fifteen minutes. Hey, he had a couple of you know, arrancadas like little uh, kickstarts of his where he goes off. But you can also see that the French league, I think, uh, by the looks of it, is definitely a lot more physical than uh, La Liga, and uh, Messi will have uh, need some time to adapt. I think to much more physical and permissive play. Um, players, you know, tucking on that shirt, going into tackles a little harder. <clears throat> It won't make it easy on Messi. Uh, these are players with less uh, quality, surely, than we have here in La Liga. But, uh, yeah, it will be... It wasn't a glamorous debut, you know, far from it. Obviously, Mbappé stole the show. But um, it was very weird to see. It was still very weird to see. Um, all right. So, do we have anything else that we need to address today? Uh, well, I'll just leave this out there. Another Demir, Emre Demir. Barca have, uh, again, with the permission of uh, still the official communication to come out, have uh, uh, now officially signed an 18-year-old Turkish player. Uh, or is actually, sorry, still 17 years of age. Uh, but he's been an exciting prospect that's been on the radar actually for quite a while. I would almost say like a good good year. Uh, already last year, his name started to uh, sort of... You know, come to light and um not seen very much of him uh other than of course uh, the highlights and and you're looking at a yeah a potentially a very uh exciting player uh, still very young but just remember the name emre demir not to be confused with yusuf demir both of course 17 years of age uh, one austrian one turkish okay we'll take your word for it and we'll look forward to it i guess um this coming weekend in la liga not to get too ahead of ourselves, this is a weird one because um, Barca's game as well as, I believe, Atletico's... No, Atletico, not Atletico. Oh, there was another team. Which game was it? Barca's game is postponed, though, because... It, it, so, that, remember I said I have a question for you? No. Was that your At question? the beginning of the top of the show, I said I have a question I want to pose, uh, pose to you later. Okay. It was about that? It was about this. Why? I don't understand the postponement or potential, you know postponement of this match for okay. what reason so this is kind of con not entirely confusing but confusing enough to be confusing <laughs> uh <laughs> probably has to do with tv hours tv rights broadcasting rights well, right the the times is, games are played the issue is that um there's world cup qualifiers in south america mm. and um, right now, there's a bunch of countries in South America that are red flagged because the pandemic is uh, as come back strong in those countries. And because of that, like the players who are coming back from South America will be coming back later. Like a lot of them will be getting in on Friday when there's games this weekend. And um, they may also have to quarantine longer because of those countries that they're coming back from, you know, depending on, you know, what their status will be or whatever. Um, if they'll be, you know, just based on their test, if their test comes back positive or negative and stuff for COVID. Um, so then basically La Liga and a bunch of teams in Europe actually made, uh, made, a, made appeals to the CAS, which is the core arbitration for sport, and said, look, like, we need to postpone our games or we need to, like, not send our players, basically, 
And the CAS rejected La Liga's appeal for that. Um, so that's the situation they're in. And because of that, so now we're seeing the games being postponed. Now, the thing I'm not entirely sure about right now as the title of this recording is why only Barcelona's game was brought forward and not yeah. Real Madrid's. Because Real Madrid mm-hmm. will be also sending Casemiro, Militao, Vinicius, Rodrigo. I don't know if all four of those players were called up, but uh, at least three of them are. So that one I'm not entirely sure of what's happening as of as of right now. But uh, but 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 the Barca game, and I think maybe Villarreal was the other one that got postponed. I have to look at it again. But it's okay. kind of confusing. That's why I said it's kind of confusing, but kind of not. I'm I'm confused as to why it was rejected given the situation. Um, and I'm also confused as to why only two of the games were, were postponed and not all of them, or are not more of them at least, right. certainly including Real Madrid. Okay. I know Real Madrid was scheduled initially for Saturday, but now it's scheduled for Sunday. Pues so, vamos a ver. That means that the next game, Barca's next game back in the Camp Nou is against Bayern. So yes. we got something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. So you guys don't have a game until the 14th of September then. Right, exactly. Hmm. All right. Well, that means we get we get we can finally talk about other things. Uh, unless there's some corruption that day in, in Barcelona. <laughs> we'll see. Can't 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 uh can't say either way. We can't guarantee it. I know you're smiling and nodding, but you can't use your words. But um the name the name of the journalist, Fabrizio Romano. Surely you know him. Yeah, that's a really hard one to forget his name yeah. but yeah but do you know who not, he is? is certainly not Bordalas. <laughs> not Bordalas. you call fabrizio romano Bordalas. <laughs> that's a incredible mistake the man's um, got five nearly five million followers and i i blanked on his name yeah. and i called him Bordalas instead yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay all right cool let's wrap all it right. up yes and we'll be back friday exclusively on patreon.com slash churros y tacticas and we will see you guys there. We crossed the, the 300 milestone, right? Yeah, we crossed 300 patrons. So thank you very much to everybody who subscribed on Patreon. And uh, here's to many more. Next one is 500. That's the next milestone. So thank you guys. Appreciate it. Talk Thanks. soon, Diego. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.